Hi everyone and welcome back to Tales at 3 a.m. where we discuss the strange, the unusual, and the spooky. This is your host Michael and this is part two of the Halloween series which will run between last week and going into November 1st where each weekend I will take a subject with Halloween history and we will talk about the history of those particular two things. Last week was about broomsticks and the witching hour. This podcast will be about black cats, the histories of black cats involved with Halloween and where in the world did those witches get those pointy hats? And uh, I spent a little bit of time today actually researching for this podcast some interesting history that I had absolutely no idea about, but I'm glad to know about it now, and I'm glad that I get to bring it to you. So without any further ado, this is episode two, Tales at 3 a.m., and as I said before, thanks for joining So we're going to go into a little bit of history from what I have found out first about the pointy hat for witches, which I find the history now that I look back at it was really not what I thought it was. Now, some of you can go online and research this yourself and find the information that I found and be like, hey, okay, cool. And that's no problem. That's that's completely up to you to do so. I leave that at your discretion. But I'm just going to go ahead and and tell a brief tale and kind of sum up the history on on what I learned. And hopefully you will uh, enjoy hearing about some of the information that I found. So, this is this 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 is what happens. The history of the witch's hat involves a lot of individualism. It involves going against the Church of England. It involves going against the status quo. A long time ago. And, you know, after delving into what I delved into today, was so much information, but it was interesting to hear about It comes from a time where, I'm not saying this still doesn't happen, but it comes from a time where women were supposed to know their place. According to that particular belief at that particular time. It comes from a time period where women were supposed to be mindful of what they said and what they did they were not supposed to speak out of turn 
They were not allowed to do much of anything except for what people thought that a woman's place in the home was to simply take care of the kids, make the babies, and cook and clean. And if you did anything outside of that, well, you were considered to be a threat. And of course, this all's, you know, the whole understanding of this started overseas. And the prelude to this was the Quakers at the time. Now, Quakers still exist. I don't know where in particular, but they still exist. But when you have women at the time who would go against what men believed at the time was the normal society situations, then people would attribute that woman to being something other than what she was what her job function was basically at that time you also had now I don't know how structured or how lenient the Church of England eventually became but during the earlier times if you had women who were outside or women who were not tending to the daily needs of the household, that kind of thing, then it was looked at as though you must be working with the devil. If you did not just simply bow over to what the Church of England believed at the time that you should be doing then you were looked at as a heretic and the interesting part is that men during that time who were thought to be people who practiced in magic sorcerers magicians and stuff like that they were not looked at in the same way they really were not it was toward those toward women but the history of the pointy hat basically takes the understanding of women at that time going outside of the normal thing of what women at that time were thought to only be doing and what she should only be doing. You take that history of understanding and you combine it with the early history of the Quaker attire and you have a recipe for a lot of modern culture of what you find today. Let's step back for a minute and let's talk about the early Quakers. And when I'm saying this, what I'm meaning is the attire at that time. There was a certain dress code 
that people of Quakers at that time period, long ago, that they dressed in a particular way. And no, they did not wear fully formed cones that came to a point at the top of their head. That came, that, that modern cultural revamping of the witch hat came later. But the Quaker identifiable understanding of at the time was a hat that was flat brimmed that was circle that the middle of the hat kind of stove up. It didn't have a peak at the top, but it was kind of in a cylindrical fashion, if you will. And for a lot of people who were not Quakers, but other women who were seeing women who were of the Quaker religion standing out, speaking up for themselves, actually participating in conversations and stuff like that, where you saw women who were outside of that religious belief looking inward. To them, it was a sign of a woman going against what a man thought that she should be at the time. And so the earliest portions of from what I have found A person who, at the time, was claiming themselves to be of a witch caliber. Well, not necessarily claiming themselves. Let's say this a different way. Back then, you had a lot less people claiming themselves to be a witch and a lot more people claiming that the person was a witch. And I know you understand that that makes sense. And why I say this is because where, yes, there were early pagan understandings and beliefs that came from Celtic lore that eventually spread across other parts of Europe and eventually came to the United States. A lot of early beliefs came from people doing things outside of the normal understanding of what the churches back then thought should be taking place and they thought it was a threat to those churches. When you are a group of people who is speaking out against something particular and you have a major power that is seeing this and feeling like they are rising up against you then the thing that they decided to do at the time especially toward a female since females had no rights women back then didn't have any rights and you see a people or a group of people women whatever doing things outside of the normal scope of what the churches at that time thought should be taking place then they immediately believe that hey these people are doing and acting in a way that we don't like they're going to challenge our power let's go ahead and throw accusations against them to make other people not like them or believe in them or hate them to get other people to rally behind our cause to put these people down and cast them out and so that's what they did 
So any woman who stuck up for herself, any woman that challenged the status quo, any woman that had a voice of her own, was looked at being in communion with the devil. Was looked at as a person who should shut up and just be looked at and do her business and go on. And between that belief from the church creating that kind of belief all over for a female, when you mix that with the Quaker dress at that time, the two blended, as I said, and eventually modern culture began to depict Quaker and women and put the two, put the dress code and the woman's ideology together and created it as a, not a force for good, but it got meshed together to make a woman be belittled and say that anything that she was doing was simply a sinister work. In modern times, the hat has gone from the Quaker look to one kind of pointy, and that was due to basically marketing. When you had you know, postcards coming out for Halloween involving witches riding on brooms, the hat got changed to a point. When you have earlier positions than earlier pictures than that where women were depicted as dealings with the devil and depicted as prostitutes and whatnot and they would the people drawing these pictures for mass circulation would stick a Quaker hat against the side of a room but put a point on it or when you would take modern marketing for movies such as The Wizard of Oz and we've the most of us who have seen that movie know that the Wicked Witch of the West has a pointy hat it took a life of its own and became that which you see today but all began with women speaking out that the church at the time didn't like they melded that with the culture of the Quakers because you had women in that particular religious belief who was had a prominent face and was more outspoken than the other women of the time and it just happened to be that what they wore were those particular hats it was those particular hats did not start out as a staple of something it just happened to be that that was the what they wore at that time and they both as i said it meshed and it became a symbol put down for a woman. And it sucks, but that's what happened. And that's where we have the modern witch's hat. And I'm sure there's probably a lot more in-depth understanding that can be put into that, but I'm basically giving you the roundabout of what took place. 
But as far as a black cat, I can go into some of that for you. Different religions in the past, especially those of Celtic pagan beliefs. Of course, now you see animals being depicted, you know, being depicted now as witches having familiars and stuff like that. A lot of that understanding did not come until way later into our modern times. To begin with, the idea of a familiar was not something that originated way back long ago. And as odd as that is, that's just what happened. So let me give you a little bit of a background story. A black cat with this direct connection to Halloween began around 2,000 years ago among Celtic tribes. You had pagan within the Druidic culture. And they had a lot of gods that were of animal spirits. At the time, they would go outside and they would, during particular festivals and things like that, they would build fires that they would either do dances around or whatever the case is. If it was Samhain or anything like that, that they would bring in different... The best way I can put this is they would dance around these fires in the woods. Well, the animals at the time that were in the woods, you had deer, you had cats, all that kind of a thing. They would come out there to watch what was going on. So, in the pagan beliefs, they felt like that those animals coming out were basically their gods watching over the festival. Now, some Celtic traditions believed that people who practiced in dark magic would be turned into cats. The idea about a familiar came way later. I'm referring to the old connections that took place over in Ireland. Because those Irish beliefs eventually made them made their way to the United States. But that wasn't until times later. Now, to understand something, you had to go back a little bit and go during the times of um, the bubonic plague that went, went ravaged through Europe. And before then, you had Samhain that was practiced among the pagans in Europe. The early church adopted in Samhain and created All Saints Day on November 1st. That eventually evolved into what we call now as All Hallows Eve or Halloween. If you didn't know that, 
Now you do. It was originally adopted from Samhain, an old, uh, the early pagan belief in Celtic Ireland. It was the, I'm going to say the, it was a festival, basically, that a lot of adopted traits came over, became Halloween, All Saints Day. Well, the bubonic plague went through Europe. It was being spread by infected rats. Well, you already had early people believing that healers and stuff like that being women were depicted as, you know, someone who practiced magic, whatnot, and you had healers, blah, 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 blah. And when the bubonic plague broke out, well, people in Europe believing that cats chase rats, they began to spread the idea that the cat was what had infected the rat, which had infected the rest of the people. And they were associating the old hag, if you will, the healers, that they were responsible for having the cats around them because they were the ones who were the pagans that had been dancing around the fires and believed that their gods were of animals. So they put two and two together and they became familiars and things of that nature. So it became the fact, or what they believed, was that black cats were of the devil and that black cats were of sinister and evil, you know, evil and malicious intent. Who knew that you couldn't even be a freaking cat in the United States or any other place nowadays? But who knew that you could not be a cat back then without already having it being pressed upon you that just because you're a black cat that automatically meant something wrong. But yes, it it started out from cold, you know, a, an older cultural belief in Ireland that the gods were of animals and that transcended through years and years and years as I said the, the plague that broke out and people believing that the cats had something to do with the rats infecting everybody and they simply threw that in with oh they must be connected with the women who were healers because the plague broke out and the women can't seem to do anything about it so she must be with the devil because if she can't heal then she must be in cahoots with something that's wrong it's always it just seems like it always it's always been about blaming rather than trying to get to the root of stuff now, there's a lot more of a deeper understanding of this than what I just went into. But you get the gist of it. Pointy hats came from the mixture of a woman standing up for herself in the Quaker dress of that time. Put two and two together. Bam. And then in cultural increase over time and marketing sparked the pointy hat. Black cats looked at as 
know, animals themselves being looked at as gods by old pagan beliefs, and they may even still over in Europe. And then cats being blamed for widespread disease and someone needing to find someone to point a finger at. And so people began to put the ability of women not being able to heal during the plague, so they must be of the devil because they're going outside of what was normal. And then saying that cats have something to do with Satan or the devil. So, yeah, that's, uh, it's weird how when you look at history and see so much of people not understanding something, and instead of them trying to understand something, they want to create something in their mind to ease their mind about what it is, even if what they are saying is wrong, they are still willing to believe it because at the end of the day, it's about appeasement rather than getting to the heart of a situation. Well, short history lesson. I hope you enjoyed. I did. I look forward to bringing everybody episode three next week. So this is Michael with Tales at 3 a.m. signing off. I hope you have a spooky week, and I look forward to speaking with you again next week and uh, bring you more Halloween history and lore, and we'll see what happens next. Have a good night, everyone. This is Tales at 3 a.m.